You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Broncos Audio Zone. I'm Phil Milani, alongside Eric Dalala, back with another episode of Broncos Country Throwback. This time, former Broncos wide receiver Steve Watson joins Jim Sakamano. Eric, I'm not sure if you knew this, but Watson later on coached the Broncos wide receivers. I did, Phil. That's a very fun fact. Probably one of very few Broncos to ever do that, obviously. You know, former Broncos head coach Gary Kubiak is in that group. But, of course, when Steve was a player, just just a really good wide receiver for the Broncos, played nine seasons, made a Pro Bowl, had three years where he went over 1,000 yards receiving, and his 13 touchdowns in 1981 rank uh, third to when Demarius Thomas and Anthony Miller caught 14 touchdowns. So he's right up there. You know, in a lot of these receiving categories, a really good player. And Phil, on the day we recorded this, it happened to be Steve's birthday. So we're really grateful that he joined us and uh, just a great conversation. So Jim, take it away. We are very pleased today to be talking to Steve Watson on the latest edition of Broncos Country Throwback, our podcast devoted to alumni players. Boy, Steve, what a fan favorite uh, you have always been for the Denver Broncos. One of those guys, and this is the coolest thing, nobody has ever said a bad word about you, and I don't think anybody ever would. That, that's quite a compliment, Steve. Well, you're kind to say something like that. Uh, I, uh, thank you. Well, yeah, I know that I throw that out there. There's not much, not much you can say. You were a free agent with the Broncos. But I've always thought the story of your workout from you finish at the University of Temple, right, and, and we've got plenty of time. So the story of the, the college all-star game, your workout with Babe, if you would tell all of that, I would love that, Steve. I'll only interrupt if you don't say enough, and I have to remind you about something. Hey, <laughs> that, uh, that particular workout you're talking about, was uh, it was amazing. Um, I was not recruited by anybody in the NFL except uh, except Babe Pirelli uh, from the Broncos. Um, was pretty much a, a walk-on. Had an opportunity to walk on a, a few teams, but that was about it. And I owned the, uh, I, you know, I can put this on my resume that I played in the East-West Shrine game. But the bottom line was uh, they. Last minute, uh, Jerry Butler from Clemson uh, decided, uh, as many guys do, uh, that he wasn't going to play in the All-Star game. And my coach at Temple, Wayne Harden, uh, was one of the coaches on the staff because he was friends with Jerry Kleber uh, from Maryland. Well, he got on the phone and he calls me and I'm down in Florida. And I'm just having a good old time because uh, it was uh, Christmas break up at school. So we decided, I went with my buddies and we decided to go just have fun down in Florida. Well, when they finally found me um, a few days later, I, I, uh, my coach got on the phone and he says, Steve, I've got a spot for you here in the All-Star game. I didn't even know what All-Star game it was. Mm-hmm. 
And he says, get out of here as soon as you can, now. And, you know, I mean, he was one of those guys that he worked. And so I got on an airplane, uh, flew from there, uh, down in Florida, out to uh, Palo Alto. And, uh, of course, there, I had no equipment. Uh, Temple's uh, equipment room was shut down for Christmas. I, so I borrowed my shoes, shoulder pads, and helmet. The helmet Who'd you borrow? Small. Who'd you borrow from? It was a community college. Uh, there oh my on, uh, gosh! That we uh, worked out on their campus. So I, you know, borrowed everything. Uh, the shoulder pads were were too big and made it pretty awkward trying to catch the ball. And uh, borrowed some shoes that were size 13. That really, I think they were <laughs> size. I think they were size 11 because uh, they were killing me. And just the whole week was was really unbelievable. I. They put me in a room with Steve Fuller from Clemson, the quarterback. Number and four, eventually. Yeah. And every, number four. Well, the phone rang off the hook nonstop. And I'd pick the phone up because Steve never wanted to pick it up. And I'd say, hi, it's Steve. And they'd say, and they'd start talking to me like I was Steve Fuller. And I'd always have to hand him the phone because that's who they were calling to. So it was... Uh, it was quite a a trip out to Palo Alto, and we even had a non-contact special team throw one day. And I go running down the field, and one of the other receivers uh, from his name was Jeff Growth, uh, and he was from uh, Bowling Green. And he catches the ball, and I hit him, and he gets hurt, and he can't play in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about taking the competition out. <laughs> and speaking of the game, how'd you do in the game? You know what? Uh, I think they were just, I can remember asking Fran Polesfoot, my future receiver coach. I had asked him, I said, Fran, what do you think of uh, me out there at uh, East West Shrine? He goes, Stevie, you stunk the joint up. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, well, that's nice of you, Fran. And he goes, no, nope, you did. He says, you, I thought you had something wrong with you. And all truthfulness, right? <laughs> he says, you couldn't catch a cold. <laughs> and yet, and, uh, there was one guy who really liked you. And there was Babe Pirelli. And yeah. so, you know, I Babe came to my school. And I can remember I was up in the dormitory and they said, uh, Coach Pirelli from the Broncos is here. Get down here as quick as you can. Uh, he wants to work you out. Uh, so I threw all my clothes on, ran down the middle of Broad Street and into the athletic building, and Babe introduced himself, and it, it was raining outside. Babe said – uh, Tell the fans ahead. where you ran your – oh, yeah, you want to say that. It was raining outside, so you got to say where you ran your 40. Oh, it's unbelievable. I – only this could happen and, and turn out well, I guess. But uh, Babe said, uh, it's raining outside pretty hard. As you know, uh, I got nowhere to work you out. Uh, you got a good long hallway here anywhere? I said, a hallway? Uh, he said, yeah, maybe downstairs. We walked down the steps. It's unbelievable. Down the steps in the athletic building, and there's a hallway. It just It looked pretty long. I couldn't tell. But Babe says, ah, this will be perfect. 
said, let me paste this off. He said, use that line right there, and that, that'll be your uh, your start. And so Babe walks down there, and he's walking down the hallway, and I I know he's not pasting anything off. And right. These, these two girls come walking the other direction. Yeah, this is a great part one, of the story. He tells the one girl, he says, watch this door. Now, this young man's going to run. I don't want anybody to come in the hallway and get hurt. And he told the other girl to watch the other door on the other side of the hallway. So I got these girls watching the hallway. Babe gets down there. He turns around, kind of looks down at the ground like he has paced something off. And he just puts his hand up and says, on you, Stevie. <laughs> so it was on my movement. Well, I get down, run past Babe. I feel around. I said, what was my time, Coach? And he goes, don't worry about it. Not important. <laughs> unreal. Said, it's unreal. I said, Coach, uh, uh, I, I want to know my time. He said, right, don't worry about it. He said, uh, I want to see you catch some balls, get in and out of your routes. Uh, he said, uh, let's go upstairs. Uh, we'll go up in the gym. So we go up on the basketball court. And babe takes me up there, and, and he can still spin it pretty good. Oh, yeah. So so I, Babe's throwing routes to me. I do, There was one of them. I dove into the bleachers and hit my head. And because I knew at this point it was, you know, nobody had come to work me out. And I knew at this point that this is it. This was my shock. So, so it, we're done working out. And I, my elbows are bleeding. My knees are bleeding because I was diving on the floor. And Babe was purposely throwing stuff anywhere he could throw it just to see. Mm-hmm. Well, this uh He's done, and he said, and I'll never forget. I mean, it was obviously my mistake. Uh, but Babe turns to me, and he goes, uh, uh, he goes, I'll tell you what, Phoebe, we, uh, we've got a pick in the third round. Uh, and, he, and what he really said was, uh, we've got a pick in the third round. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, and I took it to mean, hey, Phoebe, We've got a pick in the third round, and we're mm-hmm. going to take you. Right. So, so I'm thinking, oh, Broncos are going to take me in the third round, and I believe. So they believe that day, and of course, you know, I mean, the draft is uh, back in that time. Um, you know, I mean, you got called on a telephone. You didn't see it on TV. It wasn't televised. And I just remember when I got back to the room, I called my dad, and my dad says. Uh, I, I said, man, the Denver Broncos are going to take Pirelli this year. And he just, Coach Pirelli threw me some balls and stuff, and the Broncos are going to take me in the third round. I said, well, okay. My dad uh, just, he, I said, well, well, Dad, how am I going to work out now? What am I going to do? I mean, I'm not on the team anymore here. They can't let me work out there. And he said, go to the track coach and ask him if you can train with the sprinters. I said, oh, okay. So I went to the track coach. And he said, yeah. He said, weren't you a jumper in high school? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you be my jumper, and I'll let you train with my sprint. Oh, my God. Well, the the sprint coach was a bronze medalist for Trinidad in uh, in the mile relay and I think the uh, 200 meters uh, in the 64 Olympics. I mean, he was just an incredible sprinter himself. He could beat our whole team, our sprint coach. Mm-hmm. And so he, uh, it was, 
everybody had gone from school. Uh, the season was over, and I can remember walking down there because I was working out after everything. And, and you know, the draft was still to come, and nobody was in school. And I walked by our spring coach, and he looked at me, and he goes, you are still here. And I mean, you in his broken English. And uh, I said, yeah. And he goes, I will train you. And I said, <laughs> thank you. I, so this guy, all we did, I mean, in all truthfulness, we, all he did was teach me how to get down in the sprinter stance and how to come out of my, my uh, stance. That was it. We did that nonstop a half hour every day. And, uh, for about three or four days. And then after that, the draft came, and I can remember sitting there thinking I'm going to get picked. And it went by day one, day two. I mean, what, what do we have there? About 300 and some, 330 oh. in that day? Yeah, I mean, 17 rounds. Yeah. Well, that was, I sat there and I was so mad at the end of, uh, the first day, and then I, I got to sit through the second day, and still nobody picks me. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget my uh, agent, who is a he's a pretty top flight agent. Uh, his name's Tony Agno. Sure. Tony, Tony calls me up and he says, "Hey, boss." Uh, he says, "How you doing?" And I said, "Well, I'm picked." And he goes, "Why?" Nice. And, and I said, "The Denver Broncos told me they were going to pick me in the third round, and they didn't pick." He says, and I'm, and I, he says, well, don't worry about it. He says, there are six, uh, we have six free agent contract offers. And I said, well, free agent, what's that mean? And he goes, walk on. He says, you, you, you can walk on at any one of these teams. And he named off the teams. And it was the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Baltimore Colts, the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, and the Denver Broncos. And he said, which one, boss? And I said, well, the Broncos, of course. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah. He said, that's who I – I said, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show them. I said, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll show them. They didn't pick me. I'm going there. And, I, and I, of course, when I made the comment to him after I checked everything out, and I said, uh, and they got this old receiver who's getting ready to retire, so I'm going to take his spot. Meaning Haven? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> now, you know, when you came out, Steve, so the mini camp, everybody runs their 40 yard dashes. And yeah. I got my media guys, the press guys, and naturally they said, who had the finest, fastest 40? So I'm finding out it's a guy named Steve Watson. Can we talk to him? So you'll understand, you'll appreciate this, Steve. I go looking for some diminutive five foot 10 defensive back. I mean, has the fastest time of the 40, right? Yeah. So I'm looking for this little guy. Are you Steve Watson? Are you somebody finally said, so that's Steve Watson over there. You were sitting down on the ground on the cement uh, with your back next to the aluminum siding locker room that we had. And I thought, that's Steve Watson? That big, tall guy? Anyway, everybody interviewed you, and, uh, and off we well, went. Well, I'll tell you what, the interesting part of that is that, that – that 40-yard dash, that mm-hmm. I, and I tell people, I mean, really, truly, uh, it was the only 40-yard dash I ever had to run for the Broncos. That really, that they, they hmm. time in, and 
the uh, the crazy part is that when I ran by the timer, and it was just I, it was one of the scouts that was timing. When I ran by him, uh, I wheeled around and was going to run back to ask my time, like I was going to do with Dave. And Craig Morton was standing there, and Craig stuck his nose down and was asking this guy something. And the guy holds his watch up and kind of shrugs his shoulders like, you got me. And Craig turns, looks at me, and he walks towards me and sticks his hand out and he says, nice job. And that's, that's all he said. You know, it's interesting. The great ones, whether they're scouts or guys like Morton, they can just tell. They can tell. And I remember in training camp, we had a scrimmage at the end of camp uh, at Hughes Stadium in Fort Collins. Oh, and in that, you had, I don't know if you had more than one catch or not, but you had one literally over the middle with your body horizontal to the ground. I mean, it was a tremendous catch. And after the game, the pre- after the scrimmage, the press are asking Red, and they said, Red, what do you think of Watson? And he really was as if all the scouts from all the from all the football were there. He just paused and paused and he said, "I think Watson, he might be okay," which was the equivalent of I knew what he meant by that. You, you know what I mean? And I went back and oh, yeah. dressed uh-huh. up your bio and everything. You know? Hey, I tell you what, it just the fact that that was enough for Red to. To even give me a nod. I mean, that's, you know, and that's what I would tell all the young guys. I mean, it, it only takes, it only takes one, you know, one shot, you know, you only that's get right. one chance. But also sometimes they talk about how you've really got to make it on special teams and especially oh, yeah. <laughs> on kick coverage. It's one thing to be a returner, you know, that little defensive back that I was looking for to, for him to be a returner, but you were a cover guy. And I remember you were on special teams. And when you had your big, big breakout game against the Baltimore Colts, uh, I want to say the Baltimore Colts. It could be the Detroit yeah. Lions. You'll remember you had three touchdown Colts. catches, Colts. Craig Morton's the quarterback. You've got three touchdown receptions. And after, like, the second one, the fans knew. And it, it, I swear it gives me goosebumps, Steve. You catch the second one. The fans are cheering. Kickoff. And here – Steve Watson goes out to cover kickoffs. And I remember they were roaring before, but they roared an appreciation there of that, you know, this young guy who's a star is covering kickoffs. Uh, it was so cool, Steve. So cool. Well, that's, you're, you're kind, Jim. I, oh, it had it to be was, great for you too. It was, it was fun. I, I, I have to admit it, that's not the way, now, that wasn't the, the way the stadium sounded at Temple. <laughs> no, now, you know, I, I told the guys when we were talking that in my whole career, if you asked me to name a player that I could make blush, I, I said, you know, it had to be like Steve Watson, just such a sweet, nice guy. How about the day when in 1981, before your breakout year, when I had put your jersey on the cover of the media guide, because it was season 1981 and you were walking out to the practice field in, in, in the training camp. And everybody said, thanks a lot, Jim. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what? You know, it's 1981. 
Hey, I'll tell you what, that, I mean, I, the irony of that, uh, of those two, I mean, to, to do that and then for that year to happen for me, I mean, it was by the grace of God. <laughs> yeah, I was, I would say it's a coincidence, but then I would add, there are no coincidences. Well, and, 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 you know, like, like you say, by the grace, grace of God, not to get hokey, but like the young gal, probably a student calls you from the front desk and says, babe, Perilli's down here to work you out. What? I'll tell you what. And, I, and you, and you did. You know, uh, that day with babe, uh, I mean, I'll never forget it. Cause I just remember I, I waited for him to go out the door and, then when he went out the front door, I ran out the side door because I didn't want him to see me run into my dormitory. Because mm. mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, back then you had to run and get a hard line. There were no cell phones, so it was uh, it was quite a time, a lot of fun. It really was. You remember that old Patriot logo, the the snapping guy, the football player, the real corny kind of a thing where the guy's snapping the ball. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of course they oh, don't use it anymore. Right. That's right. Yeah. Now they've got the real chic helmet like we all do. But when Babe died and I had some things to do with his funeral, I called one of my former interns, Ann Nolan, super gal. She's with the Pats. And I just I thought I should tell the Patriots and I did. And then when we had the services, the Broncos sent flowers, people sent this, people sent that. The Patriots sent a flower arrangement in the in the design of the old snapper of the old Patriot logo. Oh man, that's cool. I mean, that was a very elaborate, I thought that was so cool. So cool. Okay. Um, uh, so you want, you know something, Jim, that, uh, and somebody reminded me of it the other day. I, uh, when, after my first year with the Broncos, I went back and took 16 credit hours and lived in the dormitory and ran on the track team. I did <laughs> not know that. I never knew that. How do you like yeah. that? Yeah, they, uh, my, I, I remember the season was over out here in Denver and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I remember going back home and my dad said, uh, well, you know what you ought to do? Go finish your degree. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, you can do that. So I called Temple and they said, sure. So I, uh, went up there and, uh, and I, Took the, I signed up for 16 hours and uh, and I told asked them if I could live in the dormitory and they said yeah hmm. sure. so I lived in the dormitory and then I uh, uh, I asked the track coach I said am I still eligible and he goes sure so I I ran with the track or jumped for the track team I should say that's pretty and cool it was it was pretty it was pretty unbelievable. Steve, you started in two Super Bowls for us, which is fantastic. We've done a lot of stuff now, but back at the beginning, there's always a beginning. And I, and I can still, I literally, I can remember you now in the locker room after the Cleveland drive. And, and you, you were just, it was like a surreal experience. What do you yeah. remember about, about that game and the drive, Steve? Because I, I remember one play in overtime, and I'm hoping you're going to tell me about it. Oh, yeah. That I tell you what, it, uh, you know, I think it was Hanford Dixon was covering me, and for some this reason this is an OT now, or is this over T? Yeah, this is in the OT, yeah. and for whatever reason, he decides 
to just loosen up a little bit. And he loosened up, and then happening. Um, his eyes are looking at back to Milt, and number seven uh, takes off and he's running uh, mm-hmm. out, out to work my uh, my. And when uh, when Nixon went up, I slid away from the safety, running uh, out of bounds or to the boundary. Uh, and I remember John just—he's right. There oh running. yeah. And like when I called me in the side of the head and I had to come out of the game after that play because I, that, that yeah, I mean I was easier than all get I think I can't remember who it was but it was Will High or somebody and walked me <laughs> walked me back over towards our sideline. I remember I was watching from the end zone and when Dixon made that one move there was a mo- there's always a moment in time and I thought oh that was a bad move. <laughs> and, and John threw it, and I thought, that no way, no way Steve Watson's not catching this. And that sets up uh, winder, 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 and Carlos kicks the field goal. It was great. One more, I mean, and I'll tell you what. The atmosphere there, I don't It's so hard to explain to people. How, I mean, it was, it was incredible. I, I don't think I... In all the games I've ever played, I've ever been in an environment like that. Yeah. When it was over, Steve, it was so silent in that it was like one of those Walking Dead movies that we've kind of seen. (laughs) I mean, and, you know, like people walking down the sidewalks away from the stadium. All you could hear were the 200 Bronco fans and the team. That was it. You could hear the team uh, yell because it was – Dead silence, 80,000 people with nothing to say at the end of the game. Oh, and and to top it off, uh, the weather wasn't exactly uh, favorable. No, was, no. Uh, coming off of that lake, what they call it, uh, the mistake on the lake. Yeah, yeah. Now, Steve, in 1987, there was a player strike. And, you know, yeah. there's always there's work stoppages and stuff. And you came back and played. And I know you did it, quite frankly, as a matter of honor. How about if you explain that to the listeners? Well, it's, uh, you know, it was it was difficult to, you know, I mean, I, there are a lot of your teammates looking at you cross-eyed uh, as to why would you do this? And I, I had a, uh, and you didn't get these very often, uh, except unless you were a quarterback, but um, Pat Bowen, uh fully guaranteed uh, my contract. Um, so it, getting a fully guaranteed contract from the owner of the team, uh, I mean, it's a rarity, like I said, uh, but, you know, some quarterbacks get that. But I, uh, I, I know that if I, you know, I, I had two choices, uh, stay out with the players and don't come in or honor my contract with Pat Bolton. And Pat uh, it was always, uh, he did everything to the highest level of uh, integrity and, uh, and honor and everything. And I, I just knew that there's no way that I could not come in because he had put that kind of faith in me. I had to honor him. And mm-hmm. there was no way I was not going to honor um, his uh, absolute faith in me. 
so that's why I went back in. Yeah, that was something. And we went back to back to the Super Bowl. Um, eventually, you did some coaching for the Broncos, I believe, with Mike Shanahan as head coach, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes, he was and then you coach. kind of went into the business world as well. And uh, and time goes by, and you've done real well in the business world, Steve. Yeah, we've uh, uh, we've had some good success. Um, the uh, my previous success after playing, uh, I had 10 years in the development business, and that was up in uh, in Windsor, Greeley, Fort Collins area. And then uh, after that uh, partnership, that's when I uh, began to, uh, or Mike had invited me to uh, come be a coach with them. And that lasted uh, about eight years until uh, the situation changed. And then uh, um, I now I'm just selling real estate and doing public speaking. Um, so it's mm-hmm. been quite a, uh, a roller coaster ride, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, there, there's never yeah. been a dull moment that way. And one thing that absolutely never changes, you were always one of the, the favorites of the fans, and I might add of the PR department, and you still are. It, um, people may come and go in PR, but they only have to meet you once for you to be a favorite, Steve. Well, Jim, I appreciate your, your, your kindness. And uh, I, you know, obviously, uh, I, you were in your career. And, uh, appreciate uh, all your comments. Well, you were, you made it easy, Steve. And uh, anyway, I, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us and rekindling some of those old memories. And I'm so glad you told uh the one about Babe, and um, it's it's a funny world sometimes. You know, like uh, when the doors seem to be closing, a window opens up, and and the next thing you know, you've you've spent a lifetime and a career in the Mile High City, and and we're better off for it. You know? Yeah. I, well, oh, I, I did leave one thing out, uh, Jim, and my if I I just wrote a book. Uh, oh, on, please. And it's uh, it's called the character character coaches playbook, and uh, uh, did the book with uh, the pastor at my church, and so I, but that's probably something for another day. Maybe so, but where can fans get it, Steve? Uh, it just came out, and we are in fact uh, I've got just a publisher's copy at this point. Uh, so I don't believe that it's in the stores yet, but it will be. Well, I am sure that uh, our good folks at the uh, website will want to do something with it. I, I'm sure we can count on that. And uh, and that, that sounds just terrific. Uh, it's also the kind of thing, maybe when the dust settles, uh, I can't speak for the people who run the store, but, you know, they might want to carry it and sell some copies there. And I would think it'd be real popular. Well, hey, uh, if it uh, if it works out, great. And if not, uh, we'll just keep rolling. That's right. We always keep rolling. Steve, thank you so much for talking to me on Broncos Country Throwback. You have always been uh, a great Bronco and an honor to know and uh, hoping that continues and we have great moments ahead. And I want to thank you very much, Steve. Well, Jim, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, Phil, that was Steve Watson's conversation with Jim Sakamano. Some really interesting stuff there, I thought, Phil, about Steve's journey to get to the Broncos and then 
of course, his role on some of the Broncos Super Bowl teams. I always really enjoy these conversations just to get to hear some of the stuff, Bill, that, you know, you may not know about some of these players that made up, you know, the first few decades of the Broncos history. Yeah, Eric, a lot of cool stories always uh, with Jim Sakamano here on Broncos Country Throwback. You can find uh, this podcast wherever you find all the podcasts you normally download, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. We'll be back next week with another member of the Broncos alumni. Until then, for Jim Sakamano, Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Malati. Oh, 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 oh,